Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome everyone to another Pageant Planet podcast. This is the podcast for contestants who want to be inspired and discover how to win the crown. Today, Jesse and myself, we are covering the life of Allie LaForce. She's an American journalist, model, and beauty queen. She is Allie LaForce, or Allie as she, Alexander LaForce, or Allie as she's best known. Allie is a former Miss Ohio Teen USA 2000. Five, and she also won the title of Miss Teen USA 2005. And although she was, this was 15 years ago, she's still making a name for herself. Yeah, throughout her years growing up and going through high school, Allie was always involved in sports, fundraisers, volunteering, and other extracurricular activities. And these would all help her develop the skills and knowledge to create a successful pageant and professional career dedicated to her passions for sports and helping others. And by the age of 16, Allie had won awards, including number one in her high school class, Archie Griffith Award for Best Scholar Athlete, first team all-county sophomore on the varsity basketball team, and the Ohio representative on the North American Teen Conference in Florida, amongst many other awards. I love the fact that she's from Ohio so much. That's my home (laughs) state, for those of you that don't know. Um, Allie is a reporter for Turner Sports, covering the NBA on TNT, and she has been the reporter to several sporting events, including the SEC College Football Games, a courtside reporter for college basketball games, and was the host of We Need to Talk on the CBS Sports Network. And in 2011, she won an Emmy Award for anchoring Fox 8's Friday Night Touchdown High School Football Show. Wow, Allie is a beautiful example of what happens when you put your heart and soul into your passions and purpose and how you can reap the benefits. These things were not just handed to her. They required dedication, um, and which we'll learn all together about today. And so let's talk about her early life. Allie was born and raised in Vermilion, Ohio, uh, which is about three and a half hours from Belpre, Steve, and I already looked it up. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's a little past Cleveland if you're coming from New York. So, Got it. Um, it's, uh, I guess I wouldn't say it's a suburb of Cleveland, but it's in that general area. It's got to be a pretty small a pretty small city. I mean, Belpre, where I'm from, for those of you that don't know, it's like 7,000 people. So I would imagine Vermilion is pretty small like that because I hadn't really heard of it. Yeah, it's right outside Cleveland and uh, right on Lake Erie. Mm, nice. Cool. So um, her parents are both college athletes, which trickled their talents into their three children. Her father played into stag bowls for the Wittenberg Tigers, and her mother was a tennis player and a cheerleader. Allie is the oldest sibling growing up. She enjoyed uh, being a role model to her younger brother, Jack, and sister, Aubrey, and felt it was important to lead by example. Allie was able to do this by contributing to a number of charities, including Friends of Lorraine Foundation, Day of Caring, Relay for Life, and Spring Spruce Up. Each of these organizations aim to make a difference by fundraising, bringing awareness to important issues, and promoting literacy, and also assisting the elderly with yard duties. Allie excelled in volunteering, sports, and academics. She received outstanding department student for history and mathematics, the Students Helping Students Community Volunteer Certificate, and she also won the Archie Griffin Award for Best Scholar Athlete. Clearly, things that Allie invested her time in, she succeeded. 
Mm-hmm. She also began competing in pageants in her junior year at Vermilion High School. She described herself as a jock, but a jock who liked to wear pretty dresses. She played volleyball and varsity basketball and was a pitcher on her school's varsity fast pitch softball team. But if anything, these things helped her immensely in her pageant journey. The varsity fast pitch, I mean, like the way they whip their arm around there and just zing the ball underhanded, but it goes with aim. I know. I'm always like, I remember in high school, I mean, I used to play baseball um, and just attempting to do that. <laughs> Gosh, it was not pretty. It's a, it's challenging. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, way to go, Allie. So when Allie wasn't volunteering, maintaining her academics or playing sports, she was the school's on-camera interviews at football games. And she would speak to fans and players amidst the action on the field. And if you have ever wanted to get more involved at your school, this would be a great way to meet students, practice interviewing skills, and maintain a sense of school pride. Most high schools and definitely colleges have broadcasting programs or are looking for a commentator of sorts or a student spokesperson with the news media when it comes to sports. Um, For sure, definitely a way to get your foot in the door. And that brings me to a coaching moment because I was just telling Stephen before we started recording, I remember this pageant so vividly. It was like my heyday of following Miss Teen USA and Allie was perfection. And one thing she did, and we're already hearing about in this podcast so well, is she layered her brand. Because right now, like this was before branding really was a thing in pageantry. It was kind of like it was there, but it really wasn't. Um, now it's all about story. So when you watch the Miss USA that Deshauna Barber won, every single package she was talking about being in the military. That was her story, her brand, her moment of memorability. And what Allie did, very similar. So every single time you spoke to Allie during the telecast, she mentioned sports in one way or another, but she had different ways to say it. It was whether my my family history of sports, my parents are both athletes, they instilled in us these values. Great. I was an active athlete. I won all of these awards. Great. I was also a sideline reporter. So you're seeing all of these different skills that Allie has and qualities come together without having to repeat the same thing over and over again. So I thought that was like nailed to a T. And when I first saw Allie on TV a few years ago, I remembered immediately who she was. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that was her ambition to be a sports broadcaster. And it came full circle for me as an audience member too, which is just a testament to how clearly she expressed who she was and what she wanted when she was just 17 years old. Mm, that's really insightful. And it's really cool that you brought that out because like when you're looking at across like the Desarna Barbers, um, the... Well, I mean, Allie, case in point, um, Nina Davalori is another one like that really did well as far as their branding throughout. And those mm-hmm. are the people that experienced the most opportunities after pageants because people really knew them for something. You know, it, you know controversy might get you a big splash, right? And it might have your, your name on all the channels, but you're not really known for anything. And and people really do, they're looking for ways to work with you as a title holder because you're influential. Mm-hmm. And so when you say, this is my brand, this is what I'm about, a lot of times people, when they're starting off in business, they get nervous because they want to appeal to everyone. Well, sure. the problem is like you, you never, if you try to appeal to everyone, you will appeal to no one. So you got to select that niche and say, this is who I am. So you want to do two things. You want to repel people that you would not be a good fit in working for and also attract people that you are. And so by clearly defining that brand, 
um, that basically Jesse harps on, I feel like weekly, um, <laughs> but it thank, really, thank you, <laughs> thank you for noticing. <laughs> in one way or the other, we come back to it a lot, we but do. it's we so, but it's so important because so few people do it, even in the world of business. Like, I mean, I, we, my wife and I, we, I talk about it a lot, but we also own a medical spa, right? So, you know, our context for our business is like, love the way that you look. So we don't carry products or do services that don't encompass that thing, helping people love the way that they look. So it's a very clear context um, with like what we do. But like most businesses don't even do that. They're just like, oh, that might make me money. Let me pull it in and see how it works. And that's the wrong way to go about it. So when you're competing in your pageant, it's knowing in advance, this is what I am. This is what I do. Like this is my passion and these are the kind of opportunities I want post pageantry. And so when you sell out to that, you will open up doors of opportunity for you post pageantry. Yeah. And I have two quick pageant examples to really tie this in a bow. And the first is Kira Kazantsev. Uh, when she won Miss America, my, my guess, and this happened to me when I was Miss International, they sit down and say, do you have any skills or talents we might not know about um, because the more skills or talents you have, the more marketable you are. And I'm guessing they did that with Kira because Kira, I don't think any other Miss America did this, played in several celebrity golf tournaments during her year because she was a talented golfer. It was part of her background and she could hold her own. So as a result of that, she really found a niche in golf specifically and golf has been trying to, um, market to more women for a very long time. And there's not a lot of women that are involved. So Kira found a broadcasting niche in golf for making those connections. And now she's a host on the golf channel. So to Steven's point, a niche is critical. And I've even heard Kira give that advice herself is like, don't try to do everything, try to do one thing and be the expert in that, which is great advice. Yeah. And I mean, another one, just to show you how much does this can really work. Katie Stam, Miss America, 2009 agriculture, she was passionate mm. about agriculture, found a mass. I mean, she's from Indiana, found a massive niche in agriculture. It still works in that industry to this day, very yeah. high up. So it's like, it doesn't even matter because seriously, if you're, you're listening to this and you're in your home, probably because the world's quarantined, um, you look around your house, everything you see with an earshot, somebody has made money off of from your blinds, your books, to the, the credit card, the person who makes the plastic, the person who makes the chip, all that thing. It's like they made money off of it. So it doesn't matter what you're passionate about as long as you just stay consistent about it and you brand yourself consistently. There will be opportunities for you post-pageantry guaranteed. For sure. Cool. So with Allie's impressive resume, she also attended the National Student Leadership Conference endorsed by President Bush in Geneva, Switzerland, studying international business. And just when you think she couldn't do more, she proves that 24 hours a day is more than enough time to accomplish all these things. She then attended Ohio University and majored in broadcast journalism. Allie's work ethic, people skills, and competitive edge all made her an ideal candidate for a national title holder. So Ohio University, OU, was f about 30 minutes, 40 minutes away from where I'm from, and they are like one of the best broadcast journalism schools in the country. Mm. Yeah. Um, so competing in pageants was Allie's family history. After all, her mother, uh, Les of LaForce, was Miss Ohio, USA, 1977. And it was Allie's mother who encouraged her to join pageants to expand her interview skills, learn how to do her makeup, and walk in high heels. And all these things she never really did growing up as a tomboy. And Allie's mother always accepted Allie for who she was, but she also wanted her to explore the option and benefits of pageantry. 
So Allie decided to give pageantry a go in September 2004 and captured the title of Miss Ohio Teen USA on her first try. Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> but right? You know, I'm, sure people are, I'm sure people listening just did the same oh, thing. It's like did. the second podcast in a row where the first try, somebody wins a pretty big title, right? Yeah. A big title. Um, but, I mean, at the – like, look, she lived – with uh, like Miss Ohio, right? I mean, so her mom right. knew the shtick and her mom knew like about pageant coaches and all this and how to prepare on a national level. So again, you know, take Allie and she worked with, in essence, a pageant coach. It just happened to be her mom, but she basically worked with a pageant coach for years and years and years before she ever decided to compete. Right. So yeah, she had a live in pageant coach. Yeah. So it really does. It, it helps. It really helps. And that's the thing. Like you might not know anybody that competed. So you need to work with a coach if you want quicker results. If not, then, you know, we have podcasts on that too. You can still get there. It just more than likely will take a lot longer. Mm -hmm. So before competing at nationals, um, Allie organized a fundraiser, Teens for Tsunami, which raised over $1,200 to go to Red Cross to support victims of the Boxing Day tsunami. And she also reached out to Mr. Uh, Miss Teen USA state title holders who were all very eager to support the cause and to save lives. So this is a huge coaching moment. And I see contestants so much going into to a big pageant and they're holding back. They're holding their cards. They don't want people to know what they're about. They don't want to really ruffle feathers or draw attention to themselves. They're just in the moment, in the zone. And my coaching moment is to be a leader. Don't hold back trying to make a difference. You have such a limited time to use your title for good or for big things. And Allie wasn't afraid to be like, hey, like this is important to me. Let's all do it together. You have 51 teens that are all passionate about like making the world a better place, advancing themselves. Like, let's do this. And I think a lot of people are afraid to, because it one gives, can give you a target on your back as a contestant. Oh, Miss Ohio teen in USA. She's trying so hard, right? Like I can hear it in my head, people talking about it in that way. People that talk about that stuff in that way are jealous or envious. They didn't think of it first because it probably brought her some really positive attention. Um, but don't hold back. Like show, show all your cards, show who you are, be who you are and make the difference that you want to make and don't let others judgments get in the way of that. Yeah. Cause people are going to judge you regardless. So mm -hmm. it, it like literally, I mean, if you don't do anything, people will judge you for not doing that. If you do something, people will judge you for trying too hard. So it, and really the more you are in leadership and the more you succeed, the more people judge you. So it's just kind and, of what it is, right? Yeah. And I would say like, how much more powerful is it for someone in an interview to say, you know, I started this initiative with my Miss Teen USA class and this is what happened versus, oh, yeah, I joined into Miss Ohio Teen USA's initiative and we did this. I mean, it's still powerful to say you were part of something great, but to be the catalyst of something is so much stronger. Yeah. And so it, it really parlays her beautifully to the national competition because this mm -hmm. is like leaders rise to the top. And Allie would go on to represent Ohio at Miss Teen USA in 2005. And the pageant was held in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And Allie competed in the interview competition, swimsuit and evening gown. 
With Allie's family history, her impressive resume at a young age, and a stellar performance, she took home the title of Miss Teen USA 2005. She was crowned by her predecessor, Shelly Henning, Miss Teen USA 2004. And like I said earlier, she was 17 when she won the title. Now, like many, Allie still didn't consider herself a typical pageant girl. And given the choice, she would rather shoot hoops in an expensive gown than walk on stage in it. She said, why can't I just be a jock and a lady at the same time? And at the time, the Miss Teen USA pageant was owned by Donald Trump, and Allie's prize package was valued at $250,000. She won a one-year modeling contract with Trump Modeling Management, as well as a scholarship to the School for Film and Television in New York City. So huge prize package Mm -hmm. um, back in 2005. Yeah, and a perfect segue there for the School of Film and Television in New York City. Like, what a perfect tie-in to what Mm -hmm. her passion is. And when Allie was asked in an interview, who's been the most influential person in your life, she said it was her Aunt Connie who lived with her all of her life. And it's important to have someone to mentor and guide you on your path. And that's what Connie did for Allie. From helping her with basketball to teaching her how to be humble and not cocky, Allie attributes a great deal of who she is because of her aunt. And the role of Miss Teen USA at the time included making appearances across the United States promoting causes like drug and alcohol awareness, appearing in the NBC soap opera Passions, and also attending high school back in Ohio. That little thing like going to school. (laughs) Throughout her year, her sister queens were Natalie um, Glebova, Miss Universe from Canada, and Chelsea Cooley, Miss USA from North Carolina. The three lived together in the infamous Miss Universe apartment in Manhattan. And during her high school years and time as Miss Teen USA, she always had the same goal for her career to be a sports broadcast journalist for ESPN and to participate in NCAA athletics. Allie graduated from Ohio University, as we mentioned, with that degree in broadcast journalism and had lots of extracurricular experience to help her along the way. Yeah. And the thing I want to point out here is that Allie was from a small town. Mm -hmm. I'm from a small town, right? So a lot of times when big opportunities like ESPN, NCAA, you start talking about this, you're like, oh, that's probably for somebody in a bigger city. And that's what I used to think too. Like, oh, if I lived in a bigger city, and this was when I was living in Belpery and I was, um, um, I had pageant planned at that particular time. And I, I thought, you know, if I was in a bigger city, maybe it'd help the company grow faster. And really when I started thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? I can walk into my mayor's office and I can say, hi, Mike, because I knew him. And he knows mayors in bigger cities because mayors know mayors. And those mayors know the movers and shakers in like Columbus, Ohio, which is the capital of Ohio. So I could walk in and say, hey, Mike, do you think you could set me up with a meeting with somebody in Columbus and I could get that to happen? Right. And so and I actually did that. And I got connected with a TV producer in Hollywood by doing just that. Walked in, asked Mike, do you know of anyone who actually works in Hollywood? And he was like, you know, I don't, but you know, this guy does. So I went and talked with him and he had a friend who worked um, in Hollywood and then I got connected with a producer. So like nothing really came out of that, but it just shows you how you can leverage your small town and all the power in that. And when you oh, look at, sure. yeah, and when you look at Allie, she was reporting on the sidelines for her football team or for the football or, um, football and basketball team, as we mentioned earlier. So that was an opportunity where there wasn't a long line of people trying to do that mm-hmm. because it was a small city. So she was able to ask, or if nothing was like that in your school, create it 
right? Where you're the commentator for that sports and you start maybe a live YouTube channel or a live Facebook page or whatever for your, um, for your school. And you do that and you, you could pioneer it if you wanted. And I, I know with me and my school, I did morning announcements every morning. So it was me and my best friend, and we were just like in high school, we would just do morning announcements. So we would say, "Oh, this is like uh, you know the morning announcements for the school, whatever they were." I don't even remember, but I mean, I did it for years, and I was the voice that everybody heard each morning, and it was like a really fun thing. But that's an opportunity that maybe I wouldn't have had at a bigger school because there's a lot more regulations, maybe a lot more competition, whatever. So mm-hmm. you know, just get involved. That's a great point. Yeah. Great, great point. So back to Allie. Um, throughout university, she played basketball and she worked as a sideline reporter for Sports Time Ohio during the 2010 Mid-American Conference football season, the 2011 MAC Men's Basketball Tournament, and the 2011 Ohio um, High School Athletic Association Basketball Championships. And after her school was completed, she signed with Cleveland's Fox affiliate, WJW Channel 8 as a sports anchor and reporter. And surely there was no better fit for the position after all the time and energy she put into seeking out interviewer and sports broadcasting opportunities during school. And we all know that she won that Emmy while she was with Channel 8. So got to start somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, she'd probably already been broadcasting for eight years between mm-hmm. high school and all that stuff. So she was natural. Well, not a natural. She developed the talent to appear like she was a natural. And in 2014, it was announced that LaForce would replace Tracy Wolfson as a sideline reporter for the SEC on CBS. After four years with the company, she parted ways and was on to bigger and better opportunities. And another coaching moment I want to jump in here with, and you will likely never have an opportunity to be introduced to so many different people during a short amount of time than you will when you are a pageant title holder. So I want you, if you have a title now or are pursuing a title when you get it, express your goals to every single person that you meet because the more people who are on board with your dream, the better your opportunities to get there. Because if they hear something or they know someone, they're likely to be like, oh, I know so-and-so who's the local reporter for this city wow, I would love to sit down and have coffee with them. Yeah. Amazing, amazing opportunity. So that's the first thing, reason that's helpful. The second is if you have that many people rooting for you and aware of it, like send that goodness up into the universe, whatever you believe in. Like I'm, I'm a believer of manifestation. So speak your goal into the universe so that people know. I, I even have contestants, Stephen. This is wild to me that when they reach out for uh, coaching help, they're like, I don't want to tell anybody that I'm competing because if I lose, I don't want to be embarrassed. And I'm like, oh, honey, we are we got a long way to go. Yeah. You got to change that mindset 100%. Like you got to have your village behind you because it's all about that support from different angles. It's all about the connections that lift you up at the same time. So Allie was a testament of that. She talked again, like I, rem- I remember in 2005, we're talking about it. And then when I saw her on TV in 2011, 2012, I still remember that she, that was her goal. So you have to let people know what you're aiming for in life because they can either one, help you get there or two, support you to get there. Yeah. And you know, since you're a big believer in causation as am I, what do you actually putting out energetically like where is your faith right if you're saying i don't want to tell anyone because if i fail then i don't want to be embarrassed your faith is that you're going to fail because you're not telling anyone so you're Mm -hmm. reaffirming that you're not going to be successful versus if you're like hey this is what i'm doing and this is my goal and you know what i don't know if i'm going to win or not but i'm going to keep at it until i do yeah like that's like 
okay, you can acknowledge that, yeah, you might have some doubts if you're winning or not. And that's fine. We all have doubts when pursuing success. But you're like, whatever. I am going to pursue this thing until I do because I believe it's going to open up a lot of opportunities. Like, will you support me in it? For sure. And there are there are naysayers in the pageant community. A hundred percent. People that don't know what we do, what we're about. I get that. And you might have people like that in your life. But more people than hate pageants appreciate the guts it takes to do one more than anything else. So I remember when I was applying for schools, like people love seeing pageantry on resumes because they know that it takes a whole bunch of courage to do it. And you probably have skills that they value, like poise, confidence, self-presentation. So don't be, don't be afraid of it. And don't be afraid to shy away from, or to, don't be afraid to put your goals out there. It's so critical. Yeah. I've never had anyone who is doing better than me, like in life, success, like be it money, spiritual, relational, whatever that I've spoke to and told my goals, like, right. Even if it's goals for my marriage or goals, my relationship with God or goals financially, I've never had anyone who was doing better than me put me down for telling me, for me telling them my goals or where I wanted to end up. They were all very mm-hmm. encouraging. The only people that really criticize me or like post crap about me or whatever online or talk trash are, are not doing better. Um, and that's just the way it is. And that's okay. It's totally okay. It's actually just a fact of life. And so by getting these people in your corner, And by basically stating out, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to accomplish. The people that are kind of naysayers, like, oh, I I, I don't know if you should set your hopes up or I don't know if that's possible. That's great because they've just revealed themselves to you and you can remove them from your life because they're holding you back. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Girl, bye. (laughs) Girl, bye. (laughs) All right. So, So Allie worked as a sideline reporter for NBA TV during the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. And now Allie is a reporter for Turner Sports. She covers the NBA on TNT. And because of her skills and talent, Allie has had the opportunity to interview some of the most talented and well-known athletes in the world, including one of the most famous right now, LeBron James. Yeah, who's also from Ohio, you know? So. That's right, from yeah. the Cleveland area. Mm-hmm. So sports and broadcasting also brought Allie to meet the love of her life. And in 2011, when she was working at Fox 8, she met Joe Smith, who that's a very American name, Joe Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, who is an MLB relief pitcher and their love and passion for sports was so strong that their first date was on a basketball court. And Allie and Joe now run the Help Cure HD Foundation because Joe's mother has Huntington's disease. The couple can now be seen supporting many other charitable causes, including the A plus C Foundation, which stands for Athletes and Causes, charitable mission to help athletes and artists leverage their platform and celebrity to positively impact the lives of others. Yeah. The most important thing to remember is that ever since Allie was little, she was using her platform to help others in many ways, whether it was through volunteering, supporting community events and games or hosting her own fundraisers, it was always important to give back. Now, as an adult, she's able to use her following and her platform to do all of these things in a much bigger way. And Allie can be seen on social media promoting and supporting several charitable and nonprofit causes. She's currently encouraging others to donate to that ANC um, charity that we talked about just now, GoFundMe account to help families across America who have been affected by the coronavirus. She is enjoying life with her husband of five years, Joe Smith, along with her dog, Brant. I wonder what kind of dog he is. Um, <laughs> this 
Allie will be, this year, Allie will be 32 years old and still living life to the fullest. And although she hasn't been competing in pageants since her Miss Teen USA days, she can still be seen modeling. Uh, modeling. And this was recently featured in Houston Magazine, amongst several other successful and um, just accomplished women. So Brant is a medium-sized, skinny, tan dog. I'm not sure what kind. Mm. But he is adorable. <laughs> um, so Allie truly believes that she has the greatest job in the world. While she enjoys staying in one area, she knows that traveling is part of the job. And this is what will always make her one of the best at whatever she aims for. She knows it makes her happy and she doesn't let the things that she doesn't enjoy deter her from her goals. Mm. Allie continues to live by lessons her mother taught her. And one of my favorite, which my mother told me too, your attitude determines your altitude and be nice and do the right thing, which are ways that we can all live our lives by. This is a wise lesson for any pageant queen because in any avenue of life, you will have pros and cons and you must do and follow what you love because that is what will make a successful title holder, career and person. And let's end on some words from Allie herself. She says, I am proud of who I am and everything I'm made up of. I love waking up every morning knowing the sky's the limit. If you would like to be featured contestant for our next podcast, create a contestant profile with all of your information, hidden facts, and what makes you special. Then email support at pageantplanet.com with the title podcast feature so we can review your profile. We'll let you know after you submit if you're scheduled. And also a special shout out to Maria Gerlando for doing the research and thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really does. It helps us keep the show going. Until next time and take care. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.